think we should quit 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 Yeah. Listen, I didn't get dragged down here just to get my butt whipped by a bunch of ugly monsters. I ain't going out like that. We're letting them push us around. We gotta fight them back. We gotta take it to them. Hey everyone, you're listening to another episode of the Slim Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Shaden Smith, here with your co-host. Colton Davidson. Alright, and we always do the trivia question at the beginning, uh, uh-huh. and it's always me. Yep. But tonight, we have a very special gift for you guys. Colton Davidson's got a trivia question for me. I'm so excited, this is my first time. Yeah, don't get too so, excited. So, uh, I'm hoping I stump you, yeah, horrendously. We'll so, um, alright. What player in the NBA is leading the NBA and scoring in the fourth quarter? What player is leading the NBA and scoring in the fourth quarter? Um, Damian Lillard is definitely up there, right? Yeah, he's, he's up there. He's, I believe he is in the top three. Damian Lillard is definitely up there because he's incredible. But fourth quarter scoring, mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. I feel like I should know this, but I I cannot take credit for this answer entirely. Uh, I was listening to Craig Humphreys on the Sports Animal, and they came up with the question we're asking it, and it stumped me. I thought I knew it, and the guy said the answer, and it just blew me away. I've never thought of this guy ever. Like This is someone who, all right, I'll give you a hint. He is in the Western Conference. That helps me not at all. <laughs> <clears throat> actually, I was going to say Kyrie Irving, so that actually kind of does help me a little bit. Okay. Um... And this is as of last of the t- of Tuesday. This is as of Tuesday. As of Tuesday, he leads the league in fourth quarter scoring. Yes. As of Tuesday. Or, excuse me, Monday. <laughs> like like the last I checked on Monday, this this guy is leading the NBA and scoring in the fourth quarter. Man, I don't know. All right, you ready to give I'm, up? I'm ready. And Lou Williams with the Los Angeles Lakers. Lou Williams. I knew it was a Laker. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say Jordan Clarkson, but then I was like. Oh, my, I was like, this is how confident I was in my answer that I was almost going to call in the sports animal and give them my answer. I thought it was Anthony Davis because his team sucks so bad. I figured he'd be playing really super hard in the fourth quarter, but it was not him. I believe it was Damian, it was uh, Lou Williams, Damian Lillard, James Harden. I believe that's what the what the top three were in the fourth quarter scoring. That makes sense. I knew Damian Lillard had to be up there because he's like known. For being, you know, a fourth quarter score. Right. So, I caught you off guard then, right? Man, you did. You really caught me off guard there. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Well, Lou Williams is awesome. So, Lou Williams is a really good player, and I have him on my list of some things I want to talk about later, so... I had a feeling you'd have him. Yeah, so, um... <laughs> anyway... Just move on. Anyway, so I have some rapid-fire questions for Shaden about the Thunder. So, Thunder are on a four-game win streak, and in those four games, Russell Westbrook has recorded a triple-double, has now passed LeBron James in career triple-doubles. He's um, recorded a triple-double in all four of those games. Yeah, yeah, in all four of those games, and he had a really spectacular game last night. He was shooting terribly going well, into the fourth, and in the last couple minutes of the fourth and into overtime, he played his ass off. Um, he was, I believe, 5 of 8 shooting in the fourth quarter. He single-handedly outscored the Wizards in the fourth quarter. Got that win over Scott Brooks. Really cool moment, speaking of Scott Brooks. Uh, the Chesapeake Energy Arena gave him a standing ovation. Really cheered for him. It's awesome. Everybody here loves Scott Brooks. Which, as he deserved. It, like, as just, he totally deserved. I love Scott Brooks. Just seeing Scott Brooks on the TV made me happy. Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I, 
I, I will say Scott Brooks wasn't the greatest of coaches. Mm-hmm. He he d- didn't know how to really be a coach like Billy Donovan does. Yeah. But Scott Brooks was with us so much. It was just nice to see him again and nice to see uh, Russell Westbrook and then have this interaction. Mm-hmm. So kind of makes me wonder, like, Kevin Durant would have to have this interaction with him, right? Like whenever he they go meet the Warriors, I hope I hope so. I mean, he's got to. Yeah, I hope so. Neither of them have anything to do with Oklahoma City anymore. Yeah, you know, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need them. All right, so but moving on, and then uh, Russell Westbrook was also named uh, Western Conference Player of the Month. You want to guess who the Eastern Conference Player of the Month was? LeBron James. LeBron James. Yeah. Um, they've been having a really fantastic. Russell Westbrook had an amazing November. Um, it's been really uh, averaging that, the, team, the team has had a really good November. The team has got had a good November because of Russell because, Westbrook. Yes, because of Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is averaging. He's had one of the greatest months in NBA history. Exactly, averaging um, a triple double, doing just everything for the team. Right. Which we'll get into that in a little bit. I'm interested to hear these questions. All right, so I got some rapid fire questions for you. Stephen Adams is shooting an all career high in free throw percentage. Um, he's currently at seventy eight percent. Does okay. he stay above 70% on the year shooting free throws? I thought he was above 80. No, he's he, I was I did too. He's at 78, 75%. Wait, what was your question again? Does, does he stay above 70% the whole year through the whole season? Yes, I think he does. Cuz he's too. been working on it so well and he, it's he's Stephen Adams. He, he gets went, to the line all He the time. went through October and hit all of them. I checked the stats on ESPN before we did the podcast. He hit all of his free throws in the month of October. Okay, what is that? Like three games? I don't know. I mean, he did it. Okay, it's a month. <laughs> yeah, three three games. He probably was at the line maybe like four times. Uh, who cares? So he did, <clears throat> but he is shooting about he's shooting about seventy five seventy eight percent. Yeah, and I think he'll I think he'll get over that. He Oklahoma City has we've always been known we have a really good staff that knows how to teach guys how to shoot free throws. Right, except for under over and. Uh, even Andre Roberson's gotten way better, mm-hmm. but still, um, I think he'll continue to improve, and he's got such a good worth ethic. I think it'll continue. I think better. so too. Like I honestly would not be surprised by the end of this year. He's averaging like, no joke, like eighty four, eighty five percent for the free throw line. That, that's an that's a bold statement. Um, it is, but it's possible. It is. Po- I actually agree with you. I think he stays about 77 percent for the whole season. Which would be incredible for a big man. I mean, that's incredible. That is incredible. When you look at like Andre, uh, Andre Drummond, jo- uh, what's the big man in the clip with the Clippers? Uh, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. Um, they both are just abysmal three point shoot or four free throw shooters. It, they destroy their teams with that, and I think it's really awesome. For I mean, it, a big it's, man that you can count on to shoot free throws. It's also great because I mean, he can't shoot. He's not a good shooter. Yeah. But he can... I'm still waiting for that moment whenever he hits a three in a game and, and the whole crowd, like, no one says a word. <laughs> and everyone's just silent and then we all just bow. <laughs> and everyone just everyone just bows and then he just looks up and then just walks off the court. That would be amazing. Like that, that's his last shot of his career, you know, 30 years from now. That's his next game. That's yeah. his, okay, when Steven Adams hits a three in a game, he's done. He no. Retires. Well, anyway. He's just like... All right, so, question, so Shane, I got my next question. You ready for this? Old Depot is currently shooting forty one percent from three. Does that stick the whole season? No, you don't think so. Well, he's shooting forty one percent, which is it's pretty good for the month for of November. For the month of November, he's shooting forty four. That's that's really good for him. I'm actually surprised of how well he was shooting, but knowing Old Depot and knowing how inconsistent he is, I just mm-hmm. can't see it happening. I think it'll be close. I think he'll probably end with like a thirty seven, thirty eight. Yeah, but I don't think. 
I don't think an above forty percent will stick just because it's Oladipo. Right. And he's so, but the thing is, is he has been playing really a lot he's smart. Been playing extremely well lately. He has. He's been taking smart shots, shots that he can make. He's not like trying to do any fan anything fancy. Right. He's he's kind of like discovering his role of Russell Westbrook has the ball. I need to let him do his thing, and mm-hmm. I need to make it to where I can get open. So he can give me the ball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's really finding it, yeah. He's finding like, his role. A lot of the guys are getting smart and playing without the ball as they need to. Mm-hmm. Like, they're playing through Russell Westbrook when he has the ball. Which is great. That's what we need to do as a team because right. we don't have any other superstars other than Russ. So, right. it's been really good. Alright, so, Moro, Anthony Moro is averaging, over the last five games, he's finally, Billy Donovan's been playing him a lot more lately. Averaging 23.6 minutes a game. Uh, had a high of 31 against Washington. Does it does it stay around 21, 23, or do you think he lo- goes back down to you know 15 or never seeing him anymore? So uh, what, where do you think? Basically, the question is where do you think Anthony Morrow's minutes are averaging over the rest of the season? Um, I think they will stay above 20. Okay. If the Thunder doesn't make a huge change, That's if the Thunder doesn't get point. a big trade or does something really big, I think it stays because Anthony Morrow. I love Anthony Moore. You know how much I love him. Mm-hmm. The fact that he wasn't getting playing time and playing like an idiot at the beginning. I'll say that. He yeah. was playing like an idiot at the beginning of the year right. because he wouldn't move and he just wasn't looking confident in his shot. But the fact that him and Billy are getting more trust with each other. Yeah. And Anthony Moore looks so much more confident. He's, he was shooting 50% from three for the, for the he, November. He finally looks like he's just, that's going in. Every shot he takes, he he is like, that's going to go in. Right. And he's also, one thing that you know, because I complain about this all the time when we're watching Thunder games. Yeah. Uh, he He's not a good uh, mover without the ball. Mm-hmm. He needs to learn how to, you know, use his body and get, you know, open mm-hmm. to hit threes. And he's been, he still needs a lot of work with that, but he's been doing way better than he has been. Right. So I think that's one of the reasons he's been really good. But also, Anthony Morrow's like put the ball on the floor, go to the rim game has been really. And he he was really posting up, he was posting up against the Nuggets. I think he was doing he's doing some things that were a little bit different. He's showing off a lot more of his repertoire. Yeah. I mean, um, that's not something I want to see from Anthony Morrow all the time because that kind of freaks me out. Yeah. But the fact that he's doing it is kind of like wow. Anthony Morrow's got some balls. Right. Well, uh, that's those are all the rapid fire questions I have. Anything you want to talk about? Um, what we think a good trade? Well, okay, so should we move on to talk about um, a reasonable trades for helping the Thunder out long term? Yeah, or for at least the rest of the season. Let's do it. I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first. What do you want to talk? Okay, about? Well, do- we kind of thought, talked about the Anthony Morrow. You know, I love him. If he if we don't do a big trade, I think he'll get a lot more minutes. But um, a trade that is kind of unrealistic, but I want to happen. Yeah, which. Maybe could happen mm-hmm. in an alternate universe. The Thunder and the Celtics. The Celtics. The Thunder trade Enos Canner and Cameron Payne for Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder. Yeah, it's a crazy trade because the Celtics. Avery Bradley is one of the Celtics' best players, and Jay Crowder is just a solid shooter off the bench. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy to think that they would do that. But hear me out. Mm-hmm. There's been rumors. Well, first off. The Celtics are really lacking in the power forward position. Yeah. They could really, really use Enos Kanter, and Enos Kanter could really help them. Because the Celtics are a pretty good defend- a defensive team. Mm-hmm. If they get Enos Kanter, and that boosts their offense, which is great. Yeah. And then also that really gives them help with that end. Yeah, pairing him with Al Horford would be really good. Because Al be Horford's good. a solid defender. Not a, not a shot blocker, but he's a solid defender. Yeah, it, Al Horford, that would be a really good like thing. Mm-hmm. And they're both really... Like versus they're, they're very similar. They can spread the court really well, mm-hmm. so it, it'd be great. Um, but I think that would help 
a lot. And then there's rumors. There's been rumors going around in the NBA for a while now that that the Celtics are considering, which I think this is this is just a joke. Yeah. I don't think this would happen. I don't understand why it would happen. But the Celtics are uh, considering getting rid of Isaiah Thomas and finally just giving Marcus Smart. You know, I think that's the team. I love Marcus Smart because he played for OSU. I like watching him play for OSU. I just don't see that working out very well because he is not a scoring. He's just not a scorer. Yeah. He's really proven himself to be an athletic passing guard, which is good. And, and a really good defender, too. A very tenacious defender. Right? Exactly. And if they're going to focus on, on postmen, they don't, I mean, they don't necessarily need him to score super great. And his shot has improved. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he will continue to get better. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm I one of those guys who I want to say I love Marcus Smart because, you know, yeah. OSU. Yeah. But I'm also like... <laughs> Marcus Smart. Yeah. You know? You feel me? I feel you. Um, but anyways, if we give them Cameron Payne, that would actually give them the opportunity to do something with Isaiah Thomas. That would give them a backup point guard behind Marcus yeah. Smart. There you go. Um, getting Cameron Payne. Giving them some insurance behind, like, insurance. In yeah, case giving Marcus them some Smart. insurance. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. Even if they decide to keep Isaiah Thomas, they still have – they'd still get Canner, and then they could do what they want with Cameron Payne. Yeah. Which, I mean – I hate the thought of that just because I love both Payne and Canner mm-hmm. just because they both love being in Oklahoma. Why? I don't know. Why do you love being in Oklahoma? <laughs> but um, I love them, but Canner's been great for us on the offensive end. His defense has just killed us a lot. Yes. It, it had, really has. In and that, and that Warriors-Western um, Conference Finals, they tried to play him like in a pairing with Steven Adams, and it just he just wasn't either physically couldn't guard anybody on the floor or he just didn't want to. Yeah, exactly. It's a very big... It's always been that kind of question with Kenner. I think he is a very good one-on-one defender. He's a decent one-on-one defender. Just he gets lost in coverages and uh, effort on having to sprint out to cover cover shooters or smaller guys. Yeah, exactly. See, it kind of drives me crazy. The other night we were watching the game and I was like screaming at the TV because he just let some guy just walk right past him and score a bucket. Yeah. So it drives you crazy a little bit, but... um, also, another reason why I would be okay with the Thunder moving him is because of uh, Joffrey Laverne. Joffrey Laverne, yeah. Laverne has played excellent. He's been he's been proving that he is a lockdown defender. He has been. He's not as good offensively as Canner is, but he's. I think he could improve and get better. He's been yeah. He's been playing a lot more the last five games. So he's played thirteen point six minutes a game. He played a lot more against Washington, um, averaging about seven points. Mm-hmm. I think he's had 15 against the Nuggets. So I think if he gets the opportunity, he can score. Not as good as Cantor, but he definitely brings that offensive, he definitely brings a defensive, a little bit more defensive mentality. I don't think he's anything like Steven Adams or, Andy, or uh, Kendrick Perkins. Well, that's or just because he's not that big. Yeah, and or or even Nick Collison whenever yeah. he was younger and actually good. So but The other night against the Knicks, he was shutting down Porzingis for a while. Yeah, that was true. So he, he can guard who he needs to guard. Like, he can guard anywhere from the small forward position to the center position, uh-huh. which is fantastic for us. Also, he's proven that he can knock down threes and knock down, you know, mm-hmm. difficult shots. Yeah. and uh, that mid, His mid-range game is very good. The one thing about him and Canner is Canner can make his own shot. Yeah. Whereas Laverne can't yet. But he's so good moving without the ball that it makes really it easy for, really for someone to find him. Yeah. So that's if if we do if the Thunder does do something with Canner, they can bring Laverne in and uh, they, they might kind of replace him. Yeah. So and also if we did get 
Avery Bradley, we could start him or start Oladipo and then have one of them come off the bench. Right. Giving up, we'd lose Canner, so we'd lose that scoring off the bench, but we'd have an either Avery Bradley or a Victor Oladipo off the bench, which would give us some great scoring. Right. Which would kind of fill that gap. So, And we'd also have Jay Crowder, who would probably come off the bench because I can't see the Thunder not starting Roberson. Right. But For good reason. Roberson's defense is amazing. Been incredible. We'll get to that later. But both of those guys, like, I think getting rid of Canner would be kind of bad for a second, but I think in all, it would improve our whole team. Mm-hmm. It would improve our bench's offense yeah. and definitely improve our bench's defense. So... Yeah, that's my trade. That's your. That's, so that is your trade. That's, is is the Thunder giving up Enos Kanter, Cameron Payne for Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley? That's my trade. The Celtics. It's gonna happen. So I asked the basketball god. Yeah. So for me, the trade that I think the Thunder should make, um, is because everybody is so falling in love with. We need Rudy Gay. We need Rudy Gay. We need Rudy Gay. I don't like Rudy Gay. I don't think. He is as great a shooter as advertised. I don't think he's as consistent. I don't. Well, no one's ever said he's very consistent. I don't think he's as good as prescribed to us. There's a reason he's been traded to like six different teams in his career. So I think that they should go that a player that doesn't necessarily fit the Thunder model of having a young, athletic, defensive-minded player, but I do think that he can help out this team. Because of his shooting. That's the biggest thing the Thunder's still facing. Yes, they've got Anthony Morrow is hitting some threes. I did do this research before Anthony Morrow was able to play. Um, was playing a lot more. But I still think the Thunder do need some shooting. Especially in that starting lineup. So, I think that the Thunder... A good trade for them. A very realistic trade would be for uh, Danilo Gallinari for the, from the Denver Nuggets. So, um, comparing his, sh- his, his shooting... With Rudy Gay, uh, Rudy Gay shoots thirty four percent from three, and uh, the Gallinari shoots thirty six percent from three. Yeah, that's two percent, but it's still. I mean, it helps. Um, he, Gay is a little bit better rebounder, but Gallinari is a better passer, which that helps. That helps, right? It does. It would help. It would really help. Um, I'm not sure about Danilo's defense. Um, I don't know much he's, about it. He's a good defender. I think Rudy Gay is probably a better defender. Yeah. But Gallinari would be really good. We wouldn't have to give up as much for him as we would with, with Gay. Yeah, so I was looking at, like, a okay, so the pros is they get more shooting, they get some more size. Mm-hmm. That'd be a freaking huge starting lineup with um, Steven Adams, him, uh, well, anyway. So it'd be a really big size. Um to get some more length to that defense. But some cons are, I don't know what the Thunder... I don't know that the Thunder have assets that the Nuggets really want. Um, I think... I, th- I mean, Cantor is... Cantor is probably our biggest commodity to trade. I think the Nuggets would love to get Cantor. But they are... They have... Don't they have Nene? Or the... Nene's for Houston. Oh, Nene's playing for Houston now. So... Um, but they... The thing about them is they do love Gallinari. Because, yeah. I mean, he's been their top scorer for years now. Yeah. So... They really like him, and I don't know if they would give him up, but I do agree with you that that would be a better option. And I think for it's us. I think it is a good trade because I looked up his salary or his he's in the second year of a thirty four million dollar deal, so he is a little bit more expensive than Gay, mm-hmm. but I think his shooting definitely helps, and he can create a shot very well. He also worked for the Thunder because he's a European guy, and for some reason yeah, we're just trying we're to just stack like, up just, on European yeah, just, dudes. 
Yeah, if we got him, we'd probably have more European than Americans on our team. We, we probably would. We'd probably just <laughs> move to Europe. Like, I don't understand why Thunder doesn't just go and play. Yeah. Europe. But so we can, I think Cantor and Payne and Morrow would all really fit into that Denver Nuggets um, offensive philosophy of never playing defense and just running up and down the court and scoring a bunch of ton of points. So I think they might fit, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think Payne is because they just drafted that point guard uh, whose name is escaping me. They just they just invested a really high pick in Moody. Uh, yeah, Moody. That's his name. So, but Cameron Payne might be a really good backup point guard for him. Because they just they did just lose their backup veteran that they were using to kind of help uh, help this their young guy transition. So what do you think? What is that? My stupid? Is this? Here's the thing. You are completely stupid. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I actually really like the trade. I think um, I, I do agree with you. Like it's kind of weird. Like uh, it's not, I don't think it, it's, it's really not a trade that I think the Thunder would normally make because he, he's aging. He's got a big contract and he's not that thunder type player but it's I, something that would help them. i would be really interested in that like i think that's i think that's a solid idea and uh i can see billy donovan really i feel like gallinari is a guy who who's willing to do what he needs to do to make a team better yeah whereas i feel like he would be more willing to do that rather than rudy gay mm-hmm. so i do think that would be really good and he is getting older but that's not always a bad thing because he's i think he's 28 or 29 so he's yeah. still got like five more years of very prime play. So he's not like a young guy who's just gonna like you know go out and do stupid things and yeah. stuff like that. So he's he I think he'll work really good for our team, mm-hmm. and uh, he just had to learn how to you know not do everything on his own because he he really likes like ISO play. Yeah, and I think it'd be really cool if he just learns how to move without the ball and everything. Yeah. Also, um, his name is Gallinari. Gallinari. You know how fun that would be. That would, it would be. Like, <laughs> I would make we make shirts that just say Gallo. That'd be awesome. Um, Another thing is he's getting these numbers having to be the entire focal point of the offense and and the different nuggets, whereas here he wouldn't have to be. So he would get a lot more open shots. He wouldn't have to be. But like you said, apparently he's a lot more of an ISO-type player. So that might take away from the Thunder's movement towards an offensive system rather than just focusing on Russell Westbrook or back when Kevin Durant was here, just him. you know, your turn, my turn, ISO type play. Yeah, so, yeah. totally agree. Um, I don't know. It, it's an interesting idea I had while I was watching the Thunder play the other night, and um, I yeah. think he, I think he would do very well here. But who knows? Yeah, I, I, I totally got with you. I, I watched, I looked at a picture the other day because you were talking about Kevin Durant and us doing ISO plays. Yeah. And last night, whenever we played against the Wizards, it was Scott Brooks at the end of it, like, "All right, KD, you're gonna do this," and then he <laughs> looks up and goes, "Oh, dang." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But anyways, yeah, th- those are some really good points. Uh, the Thunder have been playing great. Russell Westbrook. Uh, do you think he will average a triple double by the end of the season? Whole season. I don't think so. I don't think so too. It's You're... just so hard in today's NBA. Totally agree with you. And especially if they if they make I mean, okay, if they don't make a trade this year, I think there's probably a 50-60% chance of him averaging a, a triple double. If they do make a trade and he gets some help, I think there's no way. Yeah. I think Russell will average double digits in both points and assists. Oh, but but oh, I think yeah. I think the rebounds I think as the season progresses, the rebounds are slowly going to get smaller. I think he'll still probably average like seven or eight rebounds a game by the end of the season. But still, it's not going to be a triple-double. But we'll see. Who knows? 
right, but so I want to move on to our like third of the way season. Yeah, let's move on to the season. Uh, um, we're we're losing a little bit of time. Uh, all right, for to, we're gonna end this podcast with uh, just who we think deserves like the awards MVP, defensive player. So if they're rookie. voting today, who deserves it? Right. If you're voting right now from this season so far. Who deserves that award? Okay. So let's start with let's start with the big one. All right, MVP, MVP, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. I mean, it, you, you have to you can't argue against it. He literally had, like we said earlier, one of the greatest uh, months in NBA history. Right. You can't give that to anyone else. So you got to give it to him. He is very good. All right. So um, rookie of the year, Shaden. Who do you got? Rookie of the year. Um, I think we're both gonna agree on this one. Rookie. Or are you of just kind of like year. that's good. I wanted to say someone else mm-hmm. just because who I'm going to say is not like a legit rookie rookie. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I got to go with Joel. I mean, you, yeah, you can't. He's he's really surprised a bunch of people. He's playing. He's averaging like what? Like 18 points a game? 18 points a game, two blocks, shooting 50% from three, seven rebounds, 40% field goal percentage. And he's, only, he's doing it in 20 minutes a game. He's incredible. 20 minutes a game. Whenever they unleash him and let him play 35, 40 minutes a game, he's going to just take the NBA by storm. He is so good. He is going to destroy. He's one of those guys where if I see him in an alleyway, like walking in an alleyway, I'm running. <laughs> I am not. Like, I don't care. I don't care if that's mean or anything, but I'm getting out of there. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a, he's a crazy athlete. He's really, really good. His shot has really impressed me. Here's that's, a, that's the biggest thing. Here's a question for you. I heard Charles Barkley said on uh, Inside the NBA the other night that he saw Simmons and Embiid playing in practice together, and he made the prediction that they will be the next Kobe and Shaq. Do you see that as a possibility? I mean, as far as a, t- a tandem, yeah, I do. But I don't think either one plays like has a play style like either of them. Yeah, they're but, most... I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well... I think you could probably any as far as play styles, they're both completely different players from Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, but as far as being an iconic tandem that just wins t- butt tons of championships, yeah, I can see that. Maybe I can see. That. I mean, I'm excited. Maybe, for I mean, I mean, Simmons needs to come back, and Simmons needs to play a whole, get a couple seasons underneath his belt, learn what it takes to be a pro, um, and they do need to surround them with some more shooters because right, eventually they're gonna people are gonna figure out how to how to guard mm. um, Embiid and. Simmons is going to have to prove he can score, mm. like LeBron had to whenever he first came. So it's going to take a little bit, but, I mean, five, not even five years, maybe two or three years from now, they might be starting to fight, go against the Cavs in the finals. Yeah, Phil- Philadelphia knows? fans has a lot. They have a lot to, you know, yeah. be excited for in the future. Uh, oh, another trade idea. We trade Cameron Payne for Joel Embiid straight Dude, up. Dude, that would be a great trade. <laughs> we start Joel Embiid at our, like, shooting guard? Yeah, shooting guard. He'd be great. He's been shooting great. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, All right. so that's our rookie of the year. All right, Shane, most improved player of the year. Most improved player. Um, this one was kind of hard for me. It is a hard Because I was stuck between a few guys, but um, for me, I had to go with the Greek freak. The Greek freak. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, yeah, that is true. Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. I had to go with him just because he's averaging... Uh, he he's leading his team in every category. Ex- Matthew Delvedo right now is beating him in assists by one assist, but every other category he is beating his team or at, like got the most with his team. He is doing everything for that team and he's looking incredible. Yeah. So I gotta go with him. He's he's really just shown. I wish he uh, Jason Kidd the other day they asked him they asked Jason Kidd why Antetokounmpo is not getting enough, you know, media attention. Mm-hmm. And all Jason Kidd said was, his name's hard to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
That is a, that is awesome. So I'm kind of torn between two, Shaden. So can I say two? Uh, you're no longer going to be on this podcast. Okay. This, but go ahead. Well, I, I, want, I was going to say Victor Oladipo because his three-point shooting has gone from 34 to 41%. He's become very consistent, but it is only two months into the season. It's really hard. But, but, but we're, we're not going with all that. We're just going with yeah, this last So months. for now... Yeah, I guess you really can't go with Oladipo because he hasn't been just having that wow transformation as like what CJ McCollum did. So that's kind of a stupid pick on my part. But I remember, I didn't get to look up any stats on Kemba Walker, but I do remember Kemba Walker for a while there was just, just taking it by storm for Charlotte. Kemba Walker has, has like led that team. Yeah. I So Kemba Walker's been, incredible. you know, take, like drinking the same elixir that Michael Jordan used to. I don't know what it is. But he's doing a lot. Of, he's doing something and doing really well in, in uh, Charlotte right now. Which they're not getting a whole lot of media attention, so that's why I just don't know much about him right now. Well, Charlotte's been really, really impressive this year for me. Yeah. I, they're fun to watch. Kimba Walker is just a freak athlete. He's 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 good. He's he's really exciting to watch. All right, Shane, let's power out these last two defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. Um, I gotta. Man, I gotta give that to Enos Canner, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Please shoot me before I ever say oh. that, that phrase. But anyways, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, I was thinking about... Um, I want to... You know, who's probably going to win it Yeah, is probably going to be uh, Kawhi Leonard just because Kawhi is so good. Mm-hmm. I think Kawhi probably will. But there's also Draymond Green who has been incredible Yeah, defensively. He's been playing really, really well for them. But one guy, you know, who really deserves it who? Andre Roberson. I, that's who I have. That's who I have as Andre Roberson deserves it. I mean, Roberson's not going to win it, probably. No, he won't. Just because he doesn't put the stats. Like, you look at it, and he doesn't have a lot of blocks, doesn't have a lot of steals. But he is a lockdown defender. He is incredible. He destroyed Carmelo Anthony the other night. Car- yeah, Carmelo Anthony shot 4 of 19. And then against James Harden, which might be more impressive because James Harden has a much more incredible arsenal. He's so crafty, too. Um, he is four, shot 4 of 16 for 13 points. 13 assists, 6 turnovers. So he shut down Harden, and Harden was having to make you know assists. And yeah, he had 13, but he also came at the cost of 6 turnovers. So he was definitely getting in his head. Dre, Andre Roberson, absolutely deserves it. But I do think that if they voted right now, because Draymond Green has all the baggage of being Draymond Green, he's playing for the best team in the NBA on, the, on paper, Yeah. Um, I think Draymond Green would win it if they voted today. Yeah. But I think Andre Roberson definitely deserves Recognition, if not the award. As of right now, Andre Roberson definitely does it. I went from, I went from like, not really liking Roberson to like, I want to go buy a jersey. <laughs> I want a Roberson jersey. But yeah, he he definitely deserves it. But I agree with you. It at this point, it'll probably be like Draymond Green. So right. I agree with you on that. All right, who All you right. got for six man of the year? Is this our final one? Yep. That's All it. right, six man of the year. Um, you, I know who you're saying, and I'm kind of like wanted to put, pick that guy. Yeah. But I'm going with the same team, so it's kind of interesting. Oh, okay. I'm going with a different player. I think I know who you're going to... I'm going to say Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson of the LA Lakers. He has been crazy good for them. Like, mm-hmm. he's been their top scorer so far this year, and he's been playing really, really well. I think it's... To me, it's really weird that he's been coming off the bench, which he might... Now that Nick Young is hurt, he'll probably be starting. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was weird that he's coming off the bench, but it's been working. Because mm-hmm. their bench... The Lakers, for a while, they had the best bench in the NBA. And he's been, everyone on their bench has just been ridiculous. And Jordan Clarkson, in my opinion, was leading it. Yeah. But I'll let you go to your guy. All right, so I think Lou Williams, he's been a sixth man for a long time now after getting hurt in Atlanta. Um, 
he's been proving himself as a very, very good guy to come off the bench. Yeah. Leading the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. He's got he's averaging 16.7 points per game, three and a half assists, two rebounds, shooting 45% from the field, 39% from three. Those are all really solid numbers. He's really helping that young, young team out. He's a he's the old veteran, bringing a calming presence to that team. He's yeah. lightning fast. Got a great shot. I think he's he's a really good six man. I think he should. He's already someone. Won. Someone besides Crawford needs to win it. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, for well, real. Lou Williams has already won six man. Oh, he has. Yeah, he won a few years ago. Oh. So, so uh, I mean, but I still agree with you. Like he already has that experience. He knows what it means to come off the bench and provide. He knows what he needs to do to help this team. Right. So I agree with you. He was really because uh, he won the year before last year. Okay. Crawford won last year, and he. I know a lot of Lakers fans were kind of like upset because he wasn't that great last season yeah but this season he's been just ridiculous i think you could you could make an argument for anyone on that bench like honestly you can make an argument for clarkson and uh williams to be six man you can make an argument for ingram to maybe be six man yeah that's bold that's really luke bold. walton <laughs> but luke walton <laughs> he's definitely six man of the year but i mean you got that team is lakers and philadelphia Future finals matchup. They, I, Throwing that out there. Calling it. We're writing it down. We're going to scream it to the world. And, you know, however long it takes, there will be a Lakers-Celtics finals. Or, excuse me, Lake, Lake, <laughs> Lakers-76ers. Lakers different teams. Finals. It's going to be awesome. Think about that. With a Western Conference uh, finals matchup of the Lakers and the Timberwolves. That will be weird. That would be really weird. The NBA is on a weird path right now, mm-hmm. but it's going to be cool one day. Right on. Can't wait. All right, so is that it? Yeah, I and think all that's, that's all we got for uh, for this podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thank uh, you. Uh, I know we didn't do one last week, but thanks for sticking with us. Next week is our finals week, actually, so yep. I'm not sure if we'll be having one next week for sure yet. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see, what, we'll see yeah, what happens. We'll see what happens. So just we'll, we'll give it the old college try. Don't be surprised if you don't see us next week. It's whatever. Or you know, ne- well, they never see us. They just hear us. Get out of my. <laughs> just get out of here. Gosh dang it! All right, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, that was Slim Bass Podcast. I'm your host, Shaden Smith. I'm the other one, Colton Davidson. He's the other one. <laughs> see you guys later.